Welcome to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you. part of the reason that we're doing this series, in fact, really, it is the, it is the biggest reason we're doing this series is because I want you to live large. I want 2017 to be a great year for you, and I know that for some of you, you need to fill in some blanks. You need to get some understanding and understand and, and knowledge of what God has said to you, and so uh, that's part of the reason that you see some fill-in-the-blank things, and if you've been here either of the last two weeks, what I've done uh, is we've just grabbed a couple, we've chosen some volunteers and I notice more and more people sitting farther away, so I don't know if that's any indication or what. But uh, we've, we've chosen some volunteers, and then it just sort of derailed because uh, you guys couldn't keep your mouths closed, and you had to figure it out and guess it before everybody else did. Somebody said last week, said, man, we made the congregation look really good this week. And so uh, uh, in that spirit this morning, I'm going to go ahead and, and let's just put up that very first one. And uh, who can tell me what this food is? Bacon, I like bacon. We didn't get that one. Pizza was another, but that's not it. What? Eh. Give us a letter. Cheese. I don't think that fits in there. Wheat. Somebody said it. Who said wheat? How many had that? All right, there we go. All right, let's, let's do the next one. This is a phrase. There's as many blanks out there as up here. All right, let's give us a letter here. All right, we got an R. Yeah. I got a vowel for you if you want to spend $50. Whoa, who said that? Who said that? Very good, very good, very good. All right, all right. Keep an eye on that guy. All right, let's do the next one. Here's a person. Elvis Presley. Lord Jesus. I don't know if that was like, Lord Jesus, help me or what, but no. Give us another one. What? That ain't happening. 
John Denver, ouch. Half the room said, who's John Denver? What? John Deere. That's all right. We got some people that like green paint here this morning. All right. I think we have one more for you. Let's, what's, what's the last one? Well, this is a store. <laughs> we got a Cabela fellow here. I can't even, I just did this last service. I can't even remember what the store is. Go ahead. Oh, now I know what it is. What's that? It's a local one. What? I think somebody said it over here. Great Harvest Bread Company. Who had that? All right, we had you over here. All right. All right, the Great Harvest Bread Company. Did anybody notice a theme? Bread, wheat. John Deere, what do you do with a John Deere tractor? Harvest, exactly. We couldn't, too many letters and words. Gehringhoff would be just way too, Gehringhofer would be just, that's way too much. Anyway, all right, so, so, so here's the thing. Part of the reason that we do that is just to kind of, well, actually, it's the, for, for a lot of you, it's the most engaged that you will be for the rest of the service. So uh, that's part of the reason. Uh, it's to get the, kind of get the syn, syntax, not syntax, the synapses firing and working in your brain this morning, but it's also uh, to help you with something and, and to kind of lead us towards something else this morning. And it's simply this, and this is a desire of my heart, and it's really in Third John, we've used this scripture the last couple of week, weeks, but John was saying this. He said, beloved, I pray, and he wasn't just talking about like kneeling down and praying. He, he, there's an urgency of his spirit. There's, there's a desire. There's a forcefulness on the inside. And he said, beloved, I, I, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. And, and for me as a pastor, your pastor, for this year, I want the same thing. There's an urgency in my spirit that I want for you to have this. And when he says, I want you to prosper in all things, that word prosper, I think that many times we just jump right to financial things, that I'm going to have a bigger bankroll this year than or next year than I do right now, that I'll have more spendable income. But notice that John says, I want you to prosper. And that word prosper, it means to increase. That word prosper means to grow. That word prosper means to journey well or to be successful in the business of life. And he said, beloved, I pray that you'd be successful in the business of life. I pray that you would journey well. But it isn't just that you would be successful financially. He said, I want you to be successful in all things. How many of you know that sometimes there are people that are successful financially, but they're physically not successful? They're not healthy, and, and the quest for being healthy consumes them. Or there are others who, who maybe have one part of their life that's working really well, but man, their relationships are a disaster. And so John is saying, I want you to prosper or to grow. I want you to increase in all things. I want you to grow and prosper spiritually. I want you to grow and prosper physically. I want you to grow and prosper socially and relationally in all the affairs of your life. And so he says, I want you to grow and prosper in all things and be in health. He wants you to be healthy. And then this last phrase. I want you to prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. There are some who have the idea that 
the prosperity of life, the industry of life, the growth of life, the success of life, being successful in life is dependent upon the education that you may or may not have gotten. If I don't have a good education, I'm not going to be successful in life. Or if I have a great education, then I will be successful in life. Element of truth there, but that's not the overriding issue. Other people who say, well, I'll be successful in life if, 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 if it wasn't for my family, if it wasn't for my mom, or if it wasn't for my dad, or if it wasn't for the side of the tracks that I was born on then, I could have been successful, but because I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. When, when John says this, even as your soul prospers, he lists this, lists this whole thing of success or prospering, he lifts it out of the realm of luck, out of the realm of good fortune, out of the realm of your birth order, out of the realm of, of whatever it might be that is holding, you think, holding you back. He lifts it out of that context and he says, here's something you can do on purpose. Your prosperity in life not just financial prosperity, your prosperity in life, your health in life will, de- will be dependent upon the health of your soul. That is your mind and your will and your emotions. John, or the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, he said it like this. He said that you would renew your mind with the knowledge of God's word. Change the way that you think. And so when, you, when he talks about prosperity of soul, he talks about an increase here. You're a spirit being, first of all. That's the inward part of you. That's the part of you that is born again, remade in the image of God. The old things pass away and all things become brand new. That happens in your spirit. And you live inside of this body. This is your house that you live on planet earth, but eventually this house will fall away and your spirit will leave that house. We call it death, but your spirit is eternal. And then in between is your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And John John is saying, I I pray that you would prosper in, in the degree that your soul prospers, which tells us there's something we can do on purpose, that if we are diligent to do this, steward our soul, if we're diligent to do this, it will have an effect on every other part of our life. And so as John says, beloved, I pray. I have that same urgency in my spirit. I I want this for you. I want the prosperity of your soul to be such that it affects every part of your life. That's the power of God. There's There's not to be a distinction of, well, this is my spiritual life. This is my Sunday morning life, and then there's my life life. I, 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 I hear people say that, well, you know, that's not real life. Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. That means reality. I'm the reality and the life. There is no life apart from the life of Christ. And so... Because of that, uh, there's certain things that I want to share with you this morning that will help fill in the blank. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 22, we know this. We know that God loves us. How many of you know that God loves you? We may not know the next part, though. Notice what he said. Let's put it up there, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Thank you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 13 says, He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. God loves you, and because he loves you, he wants to bless you, and he wants to increase your numbers. He wants increase in your life. He will bless the fruit of your womb and the crop of your land, your grain, new wine, and olive olive oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flock in the land that he swore to your ancestors to give to you. God is giving the nation of Israel a promise. And actually, it is a promise that goes back to Abraham, who is the father of the nation of Israel. He is the one that God originally gave the promise to. 
God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I will make from you a great and a mighty nation. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed in you, Abraham. And then following forward, if you will, fast forwarding, Abraham has sons and children and daughters. A great nation is a result of Abraham's life. You say, well, Pastor Brian, that means that God loves the nation of Israel, that God wants to bless and increase the nation of Israel. Well, if we read in the New Testament, in the book of, of Galatians, the Apostle Paul is writing to what we call Gentile believers. These are believers who are not Jewish. And in the third through the fifth chapter, we find him teaching some things and talking about the, the Gentiles. And he said, because of your faith in Christ, you are a seed of Abraham. And if you're a seed of Abraham, then you're heirs according to the promise. So that whatever Abraham gets, you get. And so he said, so here we read in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he's going to love you, and he, because he loves you, he wants to bless you, and he wants to increase you. He wants you to get larger, and again, he's speaking at this time to an agrarian society. This is, you know, crops and herds and all of that stuff, but, but the same principle applies. He wants you, his children, to be blessed and to increase. That's who God is, and that's who God wants to do. Now, if you're Perhaps, like a lot of people, you might be thinking this, and my, my spiritual father, who I call my spiritual father, a mentor of mine, he's gone home to be with the Lord now, uh, person of the, president of the Bible school, originator of the Bible school that I went to, Pastor Tim and others here have gone to, uh, his name's Kenneth Hagin. He used to say this, he said, well, if all of this is true, he said, just because all of these things are true doesn't mean that these promises are going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. And I think that a lot of us think that, well, you know, okay, God, if this is true, then you're just going to make this happen for me. You're just going to cause this to, to fall into my hands. I'm going to have that blessing. I'm going to have that stuff, and, and, and which generally then leads to the next question. Well, God, if that's true, then how come it's not happening for me? How come I'm not getting the blessing? You said that you want to bless and increase me, and I'm all for it. God, bless me. You just knock your socks off. I'm really okay with that. How many of you are okay with God wants to bless you? Say, oh, well, here's the thing. God doesn't work that way. He takes the first step. He said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. You stay where you are, I'll stay where I am. So God takes the first step, but then he wants us to draw near to him. And so last week we introduced this thing, uh, and actually two weeks ago, and we've talked about it in times past, of this, this idea of spiritual laws. I mentioned to you last week there are seven spiritual laws. These seven spiritual laws, actually, uh, these seven spiritual laws are laws that are, that, that are at work. They work for everybody. They work for you. They work against you. They're just at work. You don't have to be even, even necessarily be a follower of Christ for these things to work for you. And so these seven laws become very, very important in our life because if we know how these laws operate and we begin to work in accordance with those laws, just like we don't even think about the law of gravity, it is a law that works 100% of the time. You can, you can break free from the law of gravity, gravity momentarily or you can reach escape velocity, the force that causes you to lift off from, from the earth and, and break free of gravity's force and, and end up in outer space. You can, th that is another law. And that's kind of like the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He wants us to break free from the law of sin and death. But there are laws that are at work in the earth. And we need to learn to walk, work in cooperation with those laws. And there's seven of them. And so we've talked about two of them. We'll hit two more this week. And I don't list them necessarily in order of importance. It's not like this one is number one and this one's number two. They're all important. 
There are some that we get more information from the Bible on these certain ones, some that are far easier to see than other ones. But there's seven of them, and I, I look at it more like an orange, that, that, that it's one fruit, but it's different segments. Well, these seven laws are, 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 are a, a bundle of laws that work, they're independent of each other, and yet they work interdependently on each other. And those, those seven laws, you can find them online. In fact, I want to do something. If, if you would zoom in just a little bit, Mr. Cameraman. Um, we have... Uh, you don't know this, many of you don't know this, but first of all, you've helped us in a great way, and I want to say thank you. Part of the way that you've helped us is uh, over the last year, we have upgraded all of our, what we call our online experience. We've upgraded our cameras, uh, we have better cameras, we have uh, that, that film better and low light capture things better. Um, I don't look as grainy uh, uh, as I used to look. I look way better than I used to, actually, I look like I look, so that's actually scary, you're coming to think of it. Somebody said, Pastor Brian, you have a face for radio, and I, I agree 100%. So... Um, <laughs> And so anyway, um, <laughs> and so we've upgraded the equipment so that the, you know, we've, we've added streaming now. Uh, there, are, In fact, I'm going to ask those of you that are streaming, there's people watching right now. So if you're streaming this, just hit pause on the stream. Just stop for just a second because I need to talk to the congregation for just a moment. We'll get you back in here in just a second. So just pause for a moment. The reason I want to say something, I, I want to just elaborate something. Go ahead and put this next shot, the next screen up, the next slide up. Uh, this is our website, greatjoy.org. There's a, where that red arrow is pointing, it says watch live or watch now. I can't even see what it says. Watch live. And actually over to the left, you'll see that little drop down or a little thing. It says media. You can click on that. And, and, and I know a lot of you maybe are aware of this. Some of you aren't aware of this. If you go to that drop down, you'll see that it'll say like, you know, watch, watch live. And if we're broadcasting live, if it's a Sunday morning at 9 or 1045, you can click on that. The worship, everything is there. And you can watch the service. There's also a place that says sermon archives. You can go back. Actually, there's a couple of years worth of sermons. Knock yourself out. Take about 40, 45 minutes. Watch a sermon, whatever it might be. Also, there's a place that talks about our uh, our sermon notes. We have every weekend we put the notes for this service, this sermon. Actually, if you'd have looked at the notes, uh, the title today is "Use It or Lose It." You probably would have gotten that quicker than was that you that had "Use It or Lose It." Did you look at our notes? All right. Well, you're sharper than the average stick around here. That's for sure. You're one of the sharper tools in the shed. Hallelujah. So anyway, or you watch a lot of Wheel of Fortune. I'm not sure which, but anyway. But, but that, that drop-down menu is there, and, and so, uh, you, you know, and I've had people say, that, well, Pastor Ryan, you're just encouraging people to miss church. <laughs> Here's what I know. We've been here 25 years. Long before Al Gore invented the Internet, people were pretty good at missing church. <laughs> Amen. Long before we had the technology that was affordable to be able to stream services, people were missing church. I'm not trying to make it easier for people to miss church. I'm trying to help people. We have a gentleman, Noel Summers, who, who watches faithfully every week. He's been in the hospital, been sick, in and out. And every week he's watching online. He's calling like, hey, something's not working right now. And, and, and so, uh, you know, he's watching. Others who maybe are a little bit under the weather, they're watching a service live. We have people in our building at times because of other ministry that's going to be happening. They're, they're kind of paying attention to what's going on live some of it's just like, you know, where's Pastor Brian at? Is he ever going to finish this thing or what? Let's get going kind of a thing. Uh, uh, we have an opportunity. We're working with uh, uh, Clearwater Travel Plaza. Uh, they will be broadcasting our services for the truckers, kind of a chapels type of a, a service kind of a thing. Amen. That's pretty cool. And then we have, 
Uh, you know, I, I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, yeah, I tell all my friends in Africa to, to I send them the link, you know, that they can watch. I'm like, really? I can offend people in a different nation now? That's awesome, <laughs> you know? And, and, so, and so, so really, that's, that, that's why we do what we do. But I'm not trying to make it easier for people to miss church. I'm trying to make it easier for people to connect with God and to connect with this church, trying to stay up. We have people who visit our church without ever walking through the doors. I've, I had a gentleman about a year ago come to he introduced himself. Hi, hi, Pastor Brian, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you here. And he goes, this is my first time here. And I was like, and it took me a second, but then I was like, wait, if it's your first time here, how do you know who I am? He goes, oh, I've been watching you online for months. I was like, hmm? <laughs> so, hey. That's for the people online so they know to come, they, you know, paused it, so hopefully they're hearing me now and come back. Hey, let's, everybody who's, who's let's, let's give our, our, our viewers, people who are watching live, give them a big hand as they join us here again. Amen. Amen. So all of that was to tell you that a lot of this information that I feel like I want to go over and over and over, it's available online and we can all kind of keep together and, and, and I don't have to... <laughs> kind of re-go because this particular series is one that, that, that there's information that's dependent upon, the, each piece is kind of dependent on the next and trying to keep people caught up. And so we introduced the idea of spiritual laws and there are seven of them. They're not necessarily uh, more important than the other. And so in this idea of spiritual laws, last week we talked about the law of wisdom and the law of faith. Both are very, very important. Both are similar in nature. And I mentioned this to you that wisdom is the, is the ability to use knowledge correctly Correctly. Wisdom is the ability to gain knowledge, but use it correctly. You have all of us have gained knowledge from a lot of different places. We've gained knowledge from our parents and from family members. We've gained knowledge from churches. We've gained knowledge from news. We've gained knowledge from people that we respect. We've gained knowledge from a lot of different ways. And I will say to you this morning that what you know can be your greatest asset or it can be your greatest liability. And so wisdom is the ability to take what you know and make application of it in a correct way. And at the end of last service, I kind of, last week, I kind of got the preach on, just was screaming and yelling. But my whole point, my whole idea is simply this. God says certain things about you. And life has said certain things about you. And you have knowledge that is competing, that is coming from two sources. And the origination of knowledge, true wisdom, I'm sorry, true wisdom, it doesn't come from what you know. It comes from a relationship with God. It is your relationship with God that helps you differentiate which knowledge to accept and which knowledge to reject. And there are a lot of you who know things about your life, know things about your past, know things about the journey that you've been on, and what you know about you hinders you from believing that what God says about you is true. And it is impossible for you to act in a way that is different than how you see yourself. And so my quest, my desire, my burden, if you will, is to help you see yourself like God sees you. And that requires faith. Faith is the only way that you get things working in the kingdom of heaven. Faith is the currency of heaven. God is saying, Pastor Brian, make it rain at Joy Christian Center. Give a bunch of faith out so that people can do business. I'm sorry if that's a terrible, it's probably a terrible illustration. But the point simply is this. God is saying, I want the reign of my spirit and word to be on people so that they can have some information that will produce faith on the inside of them. Faith is a relationship 
It's not a formula. It's not a magic wand. It's not a denomination. Faith is a relationship with God, and that relationship causes us to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that believes that he is must, or for, for he that comes to him must believe he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It is diligently seeking and following after God that brings wisdom into our life, and that wisdom helps us to operate in faith. Amen? So that was a five, I don't know how long that was, but that was too long of a synopsis of the last two weeks. Go online, greatjoy.org, catch up, stay caught up, whatever it might be. So, it's moving on here. Let's move on. How many of you ever heard of karma? Karma? How many of you believe in karma? How many of you are like, ooh, I don't know, Mid-Eastern, Far East, I don't know if I believe in karma or not. Let me just help you out. First of all, what is karma? What goes around comes around. That's kind of the definition. That's what most people say. Karma is what goes around comes around. Some of Christians that are like, wait a minute, you know, Eastern religions, I, I don't know about that. Let me just help you out a little bit. Before people found out about karma, this is a law that works. It was back right after the flood. Of Noah, right after Noah's flood, God said in Genesis chapter 8, he said, as long as this earth is here, there will be seed time and harvest. That is not only a natural law, that is a spiritual law. That is the law of the harvest, that what you sow, you reap. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, it says this. And I'm reading this from a different translation. I want to mention again, or I'm sorry, Galatians 6, 7. I've said this before, I want to say it again. I, I, from time to time, I want to use different translations. It's not that I prefer one against the other, and I've had people, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't use those modern texts, things like that. Here's what I have found in my own personal life. When I hear somebody refer to a scripture that I've studied or that I know, I have a tendency, because I've heard that scripture before, I've heard, and in that way, I have the tendency to think, oh, I know what that says. And so when I use a different translation, that causes me sometimes, it like catches my attention. It's like, whoa, I didn't think about it like that. I didn't see that facet of it. And so I want to use some different translations in this series because it's easier for, it's easy for us to think, well, I've heard that before and I know where he's going in that. And you may, not, you may or may not know where exactly we're headed. And so in Galatians 6, 7, this is the contemporary Jewish Bible. It says, don't delude yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. A person reaps what he sows. This is a law, this is a principle, and it will work for you and it will work against you. Again, he says, a person reaps what he sows. It's kind of the karma thing. It, 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 and, and, you know, karma didn't origi originate somewhere else. The idea, the principle originates with God and somebody recognized it and called it something else. But it's a godly principle, and this principle will work, work for you and it will work against you. A, a person said this, and, and I... I agree and disagree to a certain extent. I agree more than I disagree, but I don't want you to run with this too far. A person said this, your harvest in life is determined by the seeds that you sow. And there's a truth in that. Your harvest is dependent upon the seeds that is sown. That's a biblical truth. And so the seeds of my life will determine the harvest of my life. And, and that's the reason that Paul went on in verse 8. Uh, he said this, those who keep sowing, notice that word keep, those who keep sowing in the field of their old nature in order to meet its demands will eventually reap ruin. Your old nature is your flesh nature. This is, the, the, again, the house that you live in. Your flesh is demanding. Has anybody ever been on a diet? 
How many of you know that when you're on a diet, they run far more commercials on television about food? And when you see those things, what does your body do? It immediately begins to create saliva in your mouth. And it immediately begins to cry and to whine and to complain. And it reminds you how hungry you are. Amen? Your flesh nature is demanding. And when somebody says something that you don't like, man, a fence wants to rise up on the inside of you. And somebody does something to you, they slap you. Man, you want to slap them back. Amen. That's the old nature. And Paul says, if you keep sowing seeds to the old nature, from the old nature, you're going to get a harvest back, and you're not going to like the harvest. It's going to bring destruction in your life. But, everybody say but. He goes on. <laughs> he goes on and says, but those who keep sowing in the field of the Spirit will reap from the Spirit everlasting life. You don't have to sow seeds that bring destruction. You can sow seeds that bring life. But you have the sack of seed. You have the ability to determine the harvest of your life by the seeds that you sow. And so this is really, really important in your life. This is a principle. This is a law. And this law works for you. This law works against you. But you have a choice as to how this law will work in your life. Notice what Peter was writing. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 3, 9. This is the New Living Translation. He says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't re retaliate with insults when people insult you. See, that's old nature stuff. Now, people will say, don't do those things because now you're a Christian and you should be nice. You should be kind. You should be gentle. Well, let me just say to you, if you are a follower of Christ, you should be nice and kind and gentle. But it isn't just because you should do those things. It's because there's something that is at work. This is why God says this. I've emphasized this over the years, and I want to say it again to this congregation because it is so vital and it is so important. This law of sowing and reaping is, is one of the laws that we have more a lot of information about throughout the Bible. And that partially is because it's really important, and it's easy for us to have a disconnect with this law. So, don't repay evil for evil and don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Remember Jesus said in the book of Luke, he said that, <clears throat> he said, judge not lest you be judged. Forgive so you'll be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's the law of the harvest. That's seed time and harvest. And so God says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't repay insult for insult. Why? Because I should be nice? No, because there's a law at work. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor Brian, that's crazy talk. I'll bless them right here, five-fold ministry, about their head and shoulders. <laughs> We're tempted. We want, that's the old nature. But why should I not retaliate when they desperately need it? Slap some sense in them. Why, why can't I do that? Notice what he said. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. <sighs> just what I say. Christianity is easy. It's just not simple. It's simple. It's just not easy. He said, that is what God's called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. God's called you to not respond in kind, but to respond a different way. To respond with a blessing because God wants to bless you. But if you don't respond with a blessing, he can't bless you. 
Because there's a law of the harvest, sowing and reaping, at work here. And so God says, if you want the blessing, give the blessing. Even when you don't want to give the blessing, give the blessing. Verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 10. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days. Anybody want to enjoy your life? How many of you want to see happy days? Are here again. Whatever it is. All right. Happy days. Here we go. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Watch what you say. Do you know that the, word, the, the, the words that you speak, man, that's a law. There's a law of words. Laws bring life. I'm sorry. Words bring life and words bring death. Words create and words tear down. And so if you want to... Love life and see many happy days. If you want to journey well in 2017, you need to watch out right here. You need to be careful with what you say. Notice that, that the, the thought here that if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue, keep your tongue. Set a guard over your mouth. And that's applicable to the law of faith. It's applicable to so many things. But here's how you plant seeds in life. Number one is right here. You plant seeds by the words that you speak. So parents, when you're speaking to your kids, don't call them stupid little idiots. Husbands and wives, don't call each other the ball and chain. Because words create. Words plant seeds. You're just an accident waiting for a place to happen. Words paint pictures. Words plant seeds. Words create vision. You plant seeds by the words that you speak. You plant seeds by the attitudes that you possess. In the book of Proverbs, it says that a soft answer will turn away wrath. The attitude that you possess is a way that you plant seeds. And then the actions that you take. The actions that you take are ways, again, as he said, you know, don't give evil for evil or accusation for accusation. You plant seeds in that manner. Instead, plant a seed of blessing because you're called to inherit or bring a blessing back. Now, in your life, you have the opportunity of, of this type of seeds, the kind of seeds that you're going to sow. And I think there's things that are common to that experience of planting and harvesting, seed time and harvest that all of us know. But let me just give you five things real quickly about this law and working this law. Number one, you don't reap, um, um, you reap what you sow. That's number one. You reap what you sow. You can sow actions of love and get a return of love. You can, as Jesus said, you can judge and judgment's going to come back to you. One thing, let me just say this before I say these other four. You can't operate this law legalistically. I've had people say, well, and, and usually it's not people who teach faith, it's people who have a problem with faith. And they'll say something like, well, you know, they're just saying that, you know, if you give $100, you get $1,000 back. Can I tell you, most, I've not heard a person who teaches faith really say that. What they, what they say is that if you plant a seed financially, there'll be financial blessing that will come back. But if you plant a seed of love, love is going to come back. But, but Brother Hagin used to say this, he used to say that God's not going to settle up at the end of the week or the end of the month. And just because you gave $100 doesn't mean you're going to get $1,000 back. You might give $100, and God might give you the opportunity to put in some overtime. Whoa, wait a minute, God. That just wrecks my weekend. <laughs> Lord, I want you to bless me, but I don't want to have to work harder. That's not a blessing. That's a curse. 
You might give $100 and your car, you, you may avoid the, the nail in the road. Did you know that if you got to replace a tire, you can't just, most of the time, a lot of times you can't replace one? You got to replace four or two anyway. And they're not cheap. Set of four tires, $1,000. Amen? So there you go. You might miss a nail that you didn't even know that was there. There are ways that this comes back to you that you may not even be aware of. And people get disappointed because they have the wrong image, the wrong impression, the wrong idea. So you reap what you sow. You sow time, you get time back. Not only do you reap what you sow, but you reap where you sow. You reap where you sow. There are people who are very successful in business and their home life is a mess. It's because they spend time investing in business rather than at home. Hello? Hello? So you can't try to enact one part of the law and be in violation of the other part of the law and have it all work for you. Amen? So that's why we're talking about these things. You don't reap, you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow, but here's the most important one, you reap after you sow. What I'm telling you about in this particular one particularly, this doesn't have much to do with your past. You can't go back and erase your past. What you're saying every time that you do good, every time that you plant to the Spirit, what you're saying is I have faith in the future. I have faith that even though I'm planting now and I don't really see a lot, I have faith that God's going to turn it around because he's good. Oh, 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 oh. You are good, and, and there's a good harvest that he has for you. Not only do you reap after you sow, but you reap more than you sow. More comes back to you. Jesus said it like this, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If I give a little, and that's the, the last one, is, is that really you give in proportion to what you sow. It, Paul said it this way in the book of, uh, of first or Second Corinthians. He said, he said, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly or generously, you reap bun- abundantly and generously. And so these laws work for you or these laws work against you. And so these things that apply to our lives. Now, now here's something that's, that's so important because people have the wrong idea at times about life, particularly the long view, holy cow, particularly the long view of life. I, I just left out a whole part of my message and I'm still right back where I was an hour ago or whatever it was at this point. I can't even believe it. Wow. You guys are awesome. You just draw, pull out so much more. All right, so... I have to say this. In the law of sowing and reaping, I made the statement that your harvest in life is dependent upon the seeds you sow. You can sow to the spirit, you can sow to the flesh. You're going to get a harvest back. So my suggestion is sow to the spirit and get a good harvest. But I want you to understand something because this becomes a question for a lot of people. This hurts people at times, and we certainly don't want to do that. You need to understand and and. and I'll say it like this. There are times in life where you will harvest or be involved in a harvest of seeds that you didn't have any, any, any business or any part of sowing in. There are times that you will reap a harvest where you didn't sow seed. God said this to the nation of Israel. He said, you're going to reap from fields that you didn't even plant. You're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to have things that you didn't really do. I did it. 
I believe there are times that we as a church, particularly when we began, we stepped into some blessing, if you will. We stepped into some things. We reaped some harvest where we didn't sow seeds. We reaped the harvest of other generations, other Christians who prayed, other generations of Christians who, who paved a way for us to walk into something. We got a blessing that we, we didn't really do a lot to. And, and my heart now, after 25 years, is I want to make sure that I'm sowing seeds because I'm sowing seeds today that I hope come up in the next generation, that I hope come up for this church when I'm not here, if Jesus hasn't come back yet. By the way, that'll, there'll be a day if Jesus doesn't, Pastor Brian won't be pastor at Joy Christian Center. He'll be in heaven. I hope that's a long ways away. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, so. And so. You will reap sometimes a harvest from where you didn't sow, but this works also in the opposite way or in a negative way. There are children that are growing up in homes today that are reaping a harvest of relational issues that they had nothing to do with. There's a principle in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 where God says, when you plant a field and you go to harvest that field, leave the corners of it. And really God's heart was generosity. God's heart was like, you know, I want to make sure that everybody has enough. And of course, human tendency is like, well, wait a second, I planted the seed, I tilled the ground, I did all this stuff, why shouldn't I get all the harvest? And God says, because I want you to be involved in giving. I want you to be involved in being a blessing because, again, what you give, it comes back. It, it'll come back to you in some measure, in some way. And so God says, I don't want you to harvest all of the field. Don't eat everything. Leave some of it. And the principle is, first of all, the principle of generosity, but the other part of it is that sometimes the fruit of our life is not just consumed by us. Sometimes the fruit of our life is consumed by those close to us. I've counseled many times over the years with husbands and wives who maybe one has made some bad decisions and now the other one is suffering, suffering the consequences of it. A harvest came in because of bad decisions and now it isn't just affecting one, it's affecting many. And so sometimes your harvest in life is not dependent on the seeds that you sowed, it is dependent on the seeds that those close to you have sown. Now, don't use that as a way to say, I knew it was your fault. All right? Because sometimes in life things happen because sometimes in life things happen. This is a fallen world and stuff just happens. But if there's an area of your life that it seems like there's a reoccurring theme, like the person said, I'm giving up dating. How come? Well, because the last five people I went out to said that I just like drama too much. Wait a second. Five people said that? Yes. Can't believe they all said that. What's the one common thing in all five of those relationships? I am. Well, that might, that might be a sign to you. You might need to spend a little time with God and say, okay, God, I seem to be running into this same wall. I seem to be having this same thing happen over and over and over and over and over again. So help me out. See, that's the relationship that brings wisdom so you can apply your faith. So we've talked about the law of faith, the law of wisdom, and the law of the harvest, which brings me to the fourth law that I do not have time for, and that is the law of use. It is the principle in Matthew chapter 25. I encourage you to read this. Matthew chapter 25. Use it or lose it. The illustration was simply this, that God said that there was a master, there was a person, a, a, a you could say a businessman, who, who was going away to conduct business in another country, and he picked out three people, and he gave each one of them a sum of money. 
Actually, the Greek word is talents. We sometimes, you know, say that that's talents, and there's, there's a truth there, your talents and abilities, but really it was money. And he said there were some who invested everything that he gave and others who invested a little bit and, and one who just took what he got and he buried it in the ground, didn't use it. That person ended up losing it. And every single one of you this morning, you have a deposit on the inside of you. You have gifts from God and you have natural gifts, things that you have through training, you have begun to develop in your life. And you have an option. You can put those to work for you or you can choose to hide them. And sometimes life is what causes you to hide them because you have knowledge that isn't really that good. And what God is saying is, I want you, I want to draw out from you that gift that I've put there. Because I put it there for a purpose. I put it there not for you, but I put it there for other people. You know, today is a great day for kind of this thought. If you're here today, first of all, and you, you have no idea what that gift is, we exist as a church to help you find it. We want you to know what that is. Step three of growth track happens today right after the service. And that's, and that's really, Pastor John does, does a great job of helping to alert. These are some things that God could have placed on the inside of you, some tools to help you begin to understand what those things are. But God doesn't give you any of these things for you. He always gives these things to you so it would be a benefit to other people. Because he doesn't want it just to stop with you. God doesn't give you more. He doesn't want you to increase so that you can have more, so that you can be more, do more, bless more. Because that's what God's like. He wants you to be chips off the old block. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Father, I thank you that you placed within each and every person here this morning gifts and life and talents and abilities. And Father, there are those who maybe life has devalued, that life has said you're not really that good, that life has damaged in some way. But I thank you that you're here this morning. I thank you that you're here to comfort, that you're here to give hope, that you are here to refresh and to renew. And Father, maybe this message for some has been like a, a big rototiller that has just churned up the ground the hard places, and they're hearing for the first time. I pray, Father, that that seed that was sown today would grow up a great harvest in their lives, that you ultimately would get the glory. I thank you for that today in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it. Please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.